0: Well,
1: welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Erica. I'm Sarah.
0: And I'm Steve.
1: Well, we have been in this very interesting series for a while now about siblings in the Bible. We started way back in Genesis with Cain and Abel and their brother Seth. And. Uh, we have continued looking at various siblings and how um, God tends to be surprising and support or give favor to often the younger sibling um, and how that often impacts their their relationships with each other, with God, and their community. Um, but we have recently moved on to the New Testament, So who are we talking about today,
0: Steve? Well, today we're going to be talking first about a pair of sisters who are well-known as sisters and their brother. So this is the first time we've really talked about a group of three explicitly. Um, They're uh, mentioned in a couple of different ways in the gospels, Mary and Martha. We sometimes think of them as a pair, Mary and Martha. And then as John's gospel uh, tells us, Mary and Martha also have a brother who has a cool thing happen to him, whose name is Lazarus. Um, And so we're going to be spending time in Luke's gospel And in John's gospel as well. Um, And in in Luke uh, will be the the most famous story about Mary and Martha uh, is at the end of uh, Luke chapter 10. If you're following along in the Bible or want to check and make sure we're not making things up. Uh, And um, John chapter 11 is where the story that includes Lazarus is found.
1: Yeah, so I love the story of Mary and Martha in Luke. In particular, I love using it as a way to kind of, like, talk about people's personality types. Um, Because Mary and Martha are pitted together against each other in this story. Um, Jesus and his disciples have come to visit them. And um, Martha, who presumably is acting like an older sister here, is, like, welcoming them in there. She's like providing all the hospitality and Mary goes and sits at Jesus's feet and is just listening and learning. And Martha is all like, Oh, Hey Jesus, can you ask my sister Mary to help me serve? Because like, there's a lot of work here and I need help. And, and Jesus like is all like, no, no, Mary has chosen the better part and it's not going to be taken away from her. And so like the question often becomes is are you a Martha or are you a Mary?
0: Mm. This is like the, the Bible's version of all those Internet and Facebook quizzes where it's, you know, uh, pick cl- click on the picture and find out what animal you are or find out what kind of ninja you are or find out what Star Wars character you are or whatever. It is, we sort of treat it like that sort of uh, a random personality test, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, are you the person who tends to get, like, s- swept up in, like, taking care of all the details, getting the to-do list done? um, Or are you the person who is able to, like, just stop and, like, soak in the moment in particular, like, listen to what God is saying to you in this moment? Like, that's how it often, like, comes across to me. And, like, it always feels like, oh, I should choose Mary. I'm a pastor. I should choose, like, I'm (laughs) going to be sitting at Jesus' feet and I'm going to be, like, just soaking in all of the Jesus teaching. Um, But then in actuality, I think, oh, no, I'm a total Martha. I love my to-do list and I, (laughs) like, I need to get my to-do list done. And if I think that somebody should be helping me with one of the things on my to-do list and I see them just... Sitting, like I don't want to point fingers at my husband, but he's just sitting there <laughs> reading, and he should be helping me with the dishes. Like I'm a total Martha.
0: You know, I'm. I, I. I. This is one of those half-formed thought moments. So forgive me, or or smack me rhetorically if this becomes heretical. Um, but um, the 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 way the way that you said that made me think. Um, and, and it was the way you, you introduced it that I had never made this connection before. It, the story doesn't, we don't come out and say who is the older, who is the younger, like the, the Luke doesn't say who is the older, but the way Luke tells the story, he says it's Martha's house. A woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her home and she has a sister named Mary. That, that certainly suggests Martha's the older and Mary's the younger. And I wonder if that, again, in light of where we've gone in this whole series, I wonder if this is less about which personality is the right personality to have as though there's a right personality and more about Jesus upending the usual expectations again. I mean, like if Jesus walks into the room and senses, there's this dynamic of I'm the older one, I'm the boss and I'm going to find anything to pick on my little sister for. If Jesus stops like, Nope, sorry. God's way is to lift up the younger one, not to say she's always right or that Martha is always wrong but like to come to the aid of the person who's getting picked on. And that there might be other times where Jesus would be the one who's in favor of, thank you for showing this attention to detail. Like, like there's another story where a woman comes to Jesus and washes uh, his feet with her with her hair and him with perfume and meanwhile there's other people at the table who are like this is very inappropriate we were listening to jesus and sitting at jesus feet why jesus you should chastise this woman who's paying attention to detail and doing nice you know housekeeping things and jesus has to smack them upside the head and go no in this case please quit picking on this person she's done something very kind it seems to me like there it's it's Uh, again, it's not a matter of there's one right personality so much as Jesus is coming to the aid of whoever's getting picked on. I've also seen this as an upending of the women's roles in this time period. Okay, you know, Mostly the women were seen to be the people that were supposed to be in the kitchen taking care of the household, all that stuff. It's the men that sit at the rabbi's feet. The men who are learning. And Jesus has said, no, it's a woman's place to learn from the rabbi as well. It's not just a, a job for the men of the house. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot going on in this story, but like lowest on the list of things that are going on is that this is about, are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Even though like that's the the temptation we all face in again, like maybe, maybe there's something in all of us that is taught from like, children's cartoon shows on up that every story is reducible to a moral and that it's, I should be a, a you know, good little learner instead of a busybody or something. But like, that's not really what's going on. It has more to do with Jesus lifting up the person who's getting picked on and making sure that Mary, who would normally be excluded, is, is clear. No, you're welcome here to be a disciple. And Jesus treats her on the same equal footing of disciple as his other, you know, the, the other 12 we named churches after.
1: So I recently read um, read this book. And it was like um, one of those like mid-rash kind of books where somebody took these these characters from the Bible and then turned them into a novel. Um, and I found this one very interesting because of the ages that they gave the siblings. Oh, okay. Um, that they gave that Martha was it, it's her house because she's an adult, mm. and Lazarus was just on that cusp of like becoming becoming a man, so like twelve, thirteen, um, and Mary was a literal child.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, like again, that kind of changes the dynamic the, the dynamics of like. Martha is a very young woman suddenly at the head of the household because she's the only adult left because their parents died. Mm. And Lazarus is, like, trying to, like, grow up really quickly to, like, fulfill that role. Um, and Mary is still, like, a literal child who, like, has to be reminded that, hey, you're supposed to help with your chores. Like, your chores are like this, this, and this you haven't done your chores yet. Um, And like, I kind of thought that that was like a, like a really interesting thought because again, we're also not told their ages. We're just told that they're sisters and that for whatever reason, Martha thinks that Mary should be helping her and she's not.
0: Right. Right. It, it, It certainly seems like there's a lot of backstory going on, that we just don't get access to, like, if these are all, uh, if they were all adults, it would beg the question, well, don't any of them have any other family members of their own? And if they're younger, where are the parents that, yeah, you're forced to imagine, just just sort of like you, you suggested from the novel you read. Mary certainly acts, or Martha certainly acts like head of household, and it, that's quite possible because she, she has to be that she's the the closest to being an adult or is an adult, and the other ones aren't able or can't or whatever but that 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 helps offer a possible answer for either where are their parents in the picture or do they does nobody have um, a, you know spouses children something like that because it's just so so uh, so much the expectation in that culture that as soon as possible you are married off and having more children and having families of your own mm-hmm. and here's this different this family that looks different and that it, i think it's it's maybe significant too that jesus isn't weirded out that jesus doesn't i'm sorry your family doesn't fit the cookie cutter i'm not coming over to your house but that nope that's that's cool that's fine
1: and and i feel like it also helps like give an explanation as to why martha goes to jesus to ask for his help in disciplining disciplining mary um, because like that's always like that's a weird moment right like and but if they don't have like that traditional male head of household. This is Martha going to a family friend who is an adult and Mm -hmm. then saying, Hey, I need your help that, you know, to like help Mary fulfill this very gendered role that society is putting on, on, on on us. Um, But like, can you help me figure out how to do this? And, you know, instead of like doing exactly what she wants, Jesus is just like, no, No, her is at my feet like she needs to learn this, too. When I'm not here, that's when you can go and like teach her that it's important to wash the dishes properly or whatever. Yeah. But right now, because I'm here, this is the time that she should be learning what I can teach her.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that, that that's helpful too because it, it, as as someone who's been in that role of parent before and having to use family friends as the helpful example, you know, like, uh, you know, or grandparents or aunts and uncle, and it's you know, hey, uncle so and so don't you want to see the kids pick up their toys? We're like that, that's not that's not mean spirited. That's yeah, we're we're all trying to teach the kids to do what they're supposed to do, and and I, I get that. I don't, I don't, I think sometimes Martha gets made out to be a villain, and I think she's either just trying to manage a household or uh, if she's actually raising or helping to raise her younger sister, there's that sense of like, she's trying to help form. This is, this is what you know good humans do. We take care of our house. Can you help with the kitchen? But that Jesus doesn't get co-opted into being, I'm not going to be here heavy here. I'm not going to no. know. Like you said, there's something for her here and what I have to offer here. And, and I guess the other piece that I'm picturing in all this is I, I think when I was, when I was, Younger, I pictured this story playing out in a house that was the size house I grew up in, that had lots of rooms, multiple floors, and where sitting and talking happened in one room, completely separate from where like food preparation happened. Um, but you know, first century Judean or Galilean houses aren't you know sprawling mansions especially for people like you know mary and martha and lazarus these are people who probably have one large room where food preparation and sitting and talking can happen and there surely could have been a way for all of us to move the conversation so that we can be preparing the food and listening to jesus at the same time this isn't an either or kind of a thing and again like we're so tempted to turn this story into there's a lesson don't be a busybody like martha you should be a disciple like mary What it's Maybe that. Maybe it's. Maybe it's a both and, and we have to be able to operate in both. Sometimes we have to do the serving work behind the scenes. Sometimes we have to listen to Jesus and reflect, and both are important. Maybe is this a time for us to consider how the dynamic changes when we turn to John's Gospel, and now we're not just dealing with Mary and Martha, but there's this. Uh, unmentioned Lazarus, who doesn't show up at all in any of the synoptic gospels—Matthew, Mark, and Luke—we don't get any Lazarus. And then all of a sudden in John, there's hey, you know, remember how how you like Mary and Martha? Great, there's a sequel. It turns out there's a Lazarus, and boy is he interesting too. Um, the 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 background of that story starts with sort of the familiar we all know—Mary and Martha are friends of Jesus—but now there's a there's a third sibling in the picture, and this is the story
1: unfolds in all of John 11, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's quite the long story because, uh, there's a lot of travel in it. Cause, uh, Jesus is not where Mary and Martha and Lazarus are. Um, he is like Lazarus, Mary and Martha are from this village called Bethany, which is right outside of Jerusalem. It's like what? Three miles yeah. It's it's not very far from Jerusalem. And Jesus and friends are two days away. Like, wherever they are, they're, like, two days away. So Lazarus gets sick. A messenger comes to Jesus to say, hey, the one whom you love is sick. And Jesus, like, doesn't leave right away and then eventually jesus says well our friend lazarus has fallen asleep it is time for us to go go to him and his disciples are all like well if he's just fallen asleep like that that's fine we all sleep <laughs> let's not make a big deal about this jesus and then so jesus has to like very bluntly say he's dead we have to go and so then it's like two more days to travel and by the time they finally arrive at bethany it's now like been three days like lazarus has been dead for three days right
0: is it three days i think it may be four i think it's even longer than jesus yeah
1: yeah. And, yeah. Cause and, I was thinking three days because that's how long Jesus was dead. But like, this is very, like, this is supposed to be like not three days because that's how long Jesus is dead. So yeah. Four days. Sorry.
0: And, and that's, that's why you get that great de- detail from the King James that uh, <laughs> they say, uh, don't, don't roll away the stone Jesus. He's been in the grave four days. He stinketh. So, all right. So, so the, 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 story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead is one that it's pretty well known. um, But maybe a place that we don't spend a lot of time because obviously the headline of that story is Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, but like how the, how the inner family dynamics work. And now that, now that we're looking at a Mary and a Martha and a Lazarus, uh, what is that? What does that do to the family system or how, how do you see things playing out in this story that, that speak to their family relationships?
1: Well, to me it this is the first time we've heard of a man and their family. And like I think that's pretty significant because you have to be pretty wealthy in first century Jewish culture in the Middle East to like be able to be a woman and be the head of family and like have it not be like a scandalous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so, you know, previously And Luke, when it was just, it was Mary and Martha and Martha's house, like, it's a little bit like, you know, they should be pitied because they, they don't have, they don't have a man. They don't have a father. They don't seem to have husbands. They don't seem to have brothers. Like, it's like, that's a very kind of scary situation for them to be in. And so suddenly here, oh, they have a brother. Yay. So they do have someone that is taking care of them, that's helping to be the breadwinner, like providing that, like going out and being able to work in the public sphere because women, like there are very few jobs for women in the public sphere, but oh no, he just died. Yeah. And now they are alone and they are suddenly like in this very scary situation where, um, you know, best case scenario is they'll be able to marry very quickly and um, be supported now by new husband's family. Like that's best case scenario. Um, We're not told why though they aren't married at this point. Like, are they too young? Are they um, too old? Like what has happened that has prevented them from marrying? Like, but in any case, now their, their provider, their person who is keeping them safe, he's now dead. And so the fact that Jesus does, spoiler alert, raise Lazarus from yeah. the dead is um is a boon for their family because suddenly like they are able to stay together and continue on how they were before and Mary and Martha aren't kind of just thrown to the wolves or or taken in by some other family and kind of being seen as a burden. Like first century culture is not kind to women who do not have men folk
0: Mm -hmm. um and and so it's it's interesting that like there's there's never a story where you get to see Lazarus in that kind of head of the household leader role like he's it's he's either dead or he's sickly or there's this concern or he's not there at all like in Luke's you know telling so it, it whatever the early church's memory of this family was there wasn't clearly a strong tradition of Lazarus led that family to success but like Martha carried a lot of the weight in that family. She, you know, she bore a lot of responsibility. And again, we don't know whether it's because Lazarus is sickly for some of that time or because he's just too young young or whatever but it seems like martha in all these stories sort of falls into role of head of household or the the focal point you know like when when uh we as as pastors meet with families after a death and and are are, you know preparing for a funeral or time like that sort of pretty quickly you have to sort of attune to who's the center of gravity in the family system right now often it's a widow or a widow or a a spouse of someone who's died. Sometimes it's a parent or a child, but like you sort of figure out where is the center of this family and where's the center of grief right now. And Martha seems to be that center right now. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a testament to how important the private sphere is Um, that marriages, especially in the first century and throughout most of history was a business arrangement. Um, you know, romantic love was a bonus, but it wasn't something that was necessarily expected for most of history. That it is, you know, you you kind of needed both that person who was able to go out into the, pri- the public sphere and you needed somebody to be in the private sphere. Because if you are a person who is in the public sphere working and getting that wage but you didn't have somebody back home to prepare the food to clean to like take care of the animals in the garden and whatever you couldn't do it like like you needed somebody to do that because food preparation tended to take all day um you didn't have somebody raising that little plot of garden then you wouldn't have some of the food because not all food could be purchased. Um, You you needed somebody both in the private sphere and in the public sphere. And so, you know, I think it's a testament to how much in this family Martha was very important as that person who was the center of the private sphere.
0: And again, interestingly, like we keep coming back to this idea that Martha is... She functions as the oldest or head of household, whether whether she is biologically older or not. it seems likely, but she functions that way. And yet, so in the two stories we get, it's the younger, the one who acts younger, Mary, who's given the sort of protection by Jesus. No, I'm not going to take away from her. She's allowed to sit and listen. And then here in this story, with Lazarus, it's, you know, is the head of the household, but Lazarus is the dead one. So he's the one who gets the resurrection help because he's the one who needs that. Then again, sort of echoing on the conversation we've had before, uh, like even, even the parable of a lost son we talked about earlier. The, the son who is the one who is dead and now needs to be raised is the one who gets the resurrection. The son who, you know, the father and the prodigal son story, you know, your, your brother was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. Um, so, yeah, that's the one we celebrate over that, like, that Jesus meets his family. Certainly Jesus is kind and compassionate toward Martha. And there's there's no animosity there. But the one who needs the particular help, that's who he helps. So, yep, he helps Lazarus, knowing that that's the way of helping all of them, because Mary and Martha in that moment, the thing they need the most is they want their brother back where they need to, you know, deal with this situation. So it's 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 a reminder to me that to help one part of the family system helps all the parts of the family system, too. It's interesting to me when I look at how the, the story plays out through this lens. And I, it's interesting that I, in all these years hearing the story, I've never thought about it in terms of... Uh, the, the 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 sister dynamics between Mary and Martha, but that Jesus when he gets when he finally arrives at Bethany, first goes and talks to Martha, and then to Mary that again it's like it 's almost like Martha takes on that motherly role of like the grown ups are talking now and they 're going to devise a strategy. How do we talk to the younger sister about this situation, but that you know Martha is the one who. Uh, is the, the first face of the family for Jesus. He goes and talks to Martha and then to Mary, but that both of them bring the same question. If you had been here, Jesus, this wouldn't happen. If you had been here, this bad thing wouldn't have happened. And that Jesus bears it. And like, that's the thing that, that gets me at this story every time is that Jesus just takes all their anger, all their grief, all that. They're looking for someone that they can be mad at, and they decided Jesus is the one to be mad at. And he just bears it for a while, even knowing what he intends to do. So after the the raising of lazarus happens um at the end presumably like jesus just gives you know he he tells them you know unbind him un, you know take away the cloth and unbind him give him back to his family and like i guess we're supposed to imagine they go on to trying to live like life as normal as possible for a while then like that that seems like a weird thing to think about too how do you how do you live on the other side of a miracle like that and then go back to Oh, it's Wednesday. We're having fish for dinner. I mean, how how do you go back to normal life after having lived through a resurrection miracle like that? Um, And what's it like to be a part of a family like that?
1: So so one of the theories that I've heard is that Lazarus is the beloved disciple, because it's Mm -hmm. after this that the beloved disciple starts getting mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So one of the theories that I've heard from biblical scholars is that Lazarus didn't try to live in Bethany after this. Is that he he, he, he started following Jesus and he was called the beloved disciple. Um, in part, I would guess is because it would be pretty darn hard to continue life as normal in this small village uh-huh. with everybody constantly being all like, that was the man who was dead. Like, I saw him, I smelled him, and Jesus raised him from the dead. Like, that would be very hard to do, at least right away. Like, maybe go away for a while and then come back after it's not quite so fresh. But uh, one theory is that he did not stay and live not life as normal.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and in fact, there, there's one other place where Lazarus returns in John's gospel by name, and it's just after the whole Lazarus story in the next chapter in 12. There's a short little weird vignette where John says, um, that, uh, the crowds had come to see Jesus, and not just Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death as well, because it was on account of him that many were deserting and believing in Jesus. It certainly seems like Lazarus can't es- escape a certain level of celebrity now, because he's the guy Jesus raised from the dead. But that line think-
1: always makes me think of zombie movies, right? Like, yeah. if we saw a dead body just walking around, we would cut off its head, right? Like, before it gets <laughs> a brains.
0: And I guess I guess it suggests to me that even even if we even if Lazarus didn't like start walking around and following Jesus as a disciple like in that one theory which is still plausible that whatever normal was that there there is no more old normal that it, there's mm-hmm. there's no getting that genie back in the bottle. Um, in that their lives and even their family system are forever changed because of having come into contact with Jesus. Um, and I, I guess I think I, th- this is a little bit of a tangent here, but it seems it seems pertinent because it relates to other passages uh, in, in the Gospels about how we deal with family life is that. Following Jesus is going to mess with our normal. It's going to mess with our sort of picture of living the comfortable family life. And, you know, Jesus will say things in the synoptic gospels like, you know, uh, I, I've i come and in order that division will happen between parents and children and in-laws and brothers and sisters, I'll, my presence will cause division and will upset the apple cart. Um, and Jesus will say things like, you know, if you want to follow me, but you love your family more, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to have to pick at some point. It um, doesn't mean we all have to... You know, hate our families and call them names and whatever because we're Christian. But it does suggest to me that G- that being a Christian isn't a guarantee of easy, comfortable family life, the way sometimes pop religion treats it. That sometimes we treat it like follow Jesus. Following Jesus is the way to have an easy, comfortable, agreeable family home life, and that's why you should be a Christian because it will make your family life easier. When Jesus seems to think the opposite—that <laughs> following him. Will upend things and will disrupt what our old normals were, and there may be n- new lovely, wonderful normals, but the old normals we, we can't get back, and there's, it's, it's not worth trying to say Jesus is the way to get a two point five kid white picket fence cookie cutter life. I guess that to me that it seems important to see that in the actual gospels themselves. This is what happens when Jesus gets into your life. It it messes with the old order of things because there's mm-hmm. going to be times when following Jesus either gets you in trouble or it forces you to uh, take stands or, for that matter, upends the older versus younger dynamic we've been looking at through this whole series too. And so much of, I don't know, so much of what seems like pop religion sort of treats it as, Jesus as primarily about. Um, we often, you know, use that that phrase. It gets thrown on family values, but I'm not really sure what kind of family values Jesus is interested in because he 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 upends our our usual expectations and connections
1: mm-hmm. constantly. <laughs>
0: Well, and maybe that's a good segue to where we want to go in our next episode is, is that the early church came to see itself as a new kind of family. And that brought some tensions with how, how we live with our old biological families as well. And without making it biological families, bad church family, good, there is certainly a, a tension there that the, the early church wrestled with that we'll have to, to pick up with in our next conversation.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a very good conversation
0: let's do it then. So, uh, thanks, right. everyone. Thanks, thanks for joining us for this round of conversation here on crazy faith talk. And I uh, hope you join us around uh, for, for next conversation. See you, everybody.
1: See y'all. Bye.